after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. So what happened? I had lunch with Chuck Norris. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. Got my, uh, look what I got here. I see. A disgusting flat soda. It is not. It's a brand new Crystal Pepsi that I've been saving. I've got two bottles of Crystal Pepsi in the fridge. I've been saving it for, uh, Put it on ice. Crystal Pepsi is best on ice. And uh, I've been saving it for, uh, for It definitely, I mean, I would say being room temperature doesn't improve it. Well, in that no, sense. no, it's, it's cold. It's from right. the fridge, but I like drinking soda on ice. Anyway, uh, Crystal Pepsi all over the place. We talked about it on the show. I can't remember how this whole thing started, but we were talking about... It was uh, uh, Camaro, it was... Um, Failure is an option. It was our episode. Failure oh, is an option. Oh, that's right. Uh, products that just never went anywhere. And we, we did have that conversation about Crystal Pepsi, but it had a resurgence this summer. Yes. They had to, like They brought it back as a little kind of marketing thing. Um, it tastes I was, so bad. I think they just used old stores of it. You know, <laughs> no, old stockpiled. There's a difference because it has caffeine now. I think it used to not. It's different. <laughs> anyway, I did learn something this week because, remember, I was like, I need to get my hands on some Crystal Pepsi. The whole... Uh, like kind of false scarcity thing totally works on me. Uh, so I found like the last two bottles in Seattle a while back, but now it's all over the place. I'm getting photos from around the country, including one from Lakewood, Ohio, where I grew up. Wow. Um, people sending me photos of Crystal Pepsi displays. And I looked all over our Facebook page. I think maybe somebody removed a post that was there. I, it seems weird. But somebody had posted about Crystal Pepsi, and a woman whose name I do not have in front of me right now because I couldn't find the post says she wants to be our kind of unofficial, official uh, Crystal Pepsi correspondent because she works for a Pepsi distributor here in town in Seattle and uh, or the Seattle area. And she says, yeah, basically the summer experiment was such a great success that now they're just like going hard on Crystal Pepsi and bringing it back. I don't know if it's a limited time or not, but here we are in this uh, – Crystal Pepsi Paradise. Do you want a sip of mine? No, I do not. I will keep drinking my beer. I guess that the lesson of the Crystal Pepsi experiment is, you know, got to really play the long game on commer- on soda commercials. Yeah, right? Because it was early 90s, like 92, 93. I yeah. Think. It was only one one summer when it first debuted. Um, they got to bring back that uh, that Right Now commercial. Yes, they that, should. That Van Halen Just one. Just like, why not appeal? Like, you're trying to appeal I, to me anyway. I'll tell you, I know Sammy Hagar's got to be available. <laughs> That could have been for our our wash-ups episode. Oh, well, he wasn't a wash-up when they made that. No. Anyway, I'm excited about the the future of Crystal Pepsi. I will say, I know I'm obsessed with... Actually, maybe it's on TBTL that I talk about this a lot. But I do think that McDonald's does such a good job with the fall scarcity. You got your McRibs. You got your uh, Shamrock Shakes. Um, They did that with breakfast for a long time, and then after decades and decades, they now have an all-day breakfast menu, which I think they were just able to build so much around that because of the scarcity beforehand. I think Pepsi and other companies should do that. Sausage and eggs on uh, English muffin has more staying power in the American palate than... Whatever is in the shake. Than whatever's in the McRib or right. a minty shake. Yeah. Right. But I do think other companies should kind of have seasonal things like that. Like if Crystal like Sam Pepsi Adams? 
Oh, that's right. Beers are very good at having their seasonal brews, but Pepsi could have like Crystal Pepsi every summer. It's something that you look forward to. It becomes like, you know, a, a goofy tradition or something. Anyway, that is not what we're talking about no, on the show today. All. Matter of fact, I'm cutting all of that out. Um, <laughs> Just leave. I'm cutting all of that out. <laughs> coming, coming up. I am so excited, Veeves. We have not done a quiz in a long time. I know. I have been I spending am a little... all day prepping this quiz for you. Yes. I just want to take a moment to remind our listening audience that Andrew is N- not great no. at making quizzes. No, I disagree. I am great at making quizzes. I want to remind you and our listening audience <laughs> that the whole point of this is not, this is not a, uh, I feel like you feel so much pressure on you that you're going to feel dumb or something if you don't get them right. This, no, I the do whole not. quiz no, is just no, about no, no, no. having fun. Let me assure so have you. have fun with this I do quiz not feel today. dumb when I cannot answer impossible questions. But the quiz is not set up to. Be one. It's just set up to be fun. It's more fun than one. Oh, so I more need fun you, than one. Got I need it. you to embrace that for yeah. this quiz. Okay. Do you want, can I tell you what the, I've been holding out. You don't even know what the topic is. No, I don't. Should I tell you now or do you want me to wait till we get to the segment? No, tell me now so I can start yeah. cogitating I on couldn't it. tell you earlier today because I didn't want you to cheat. Uh, so the quiz is, okay, look away from your screen for a second. I need to open it up on mine. I am going to give you a phrase, and you're going to have to tell me if it's a slogan for a chocolate ad or a sexy, sexy R&B jam. Oh, I'm, su- I'm is super it a, is into it. Is it a sexy, sexy yes. R&B jam, or is it a slogan for chocolate? This is definitely a kind of quiz that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, so I am, I've got audio answers. I'm very into that. That's coming up. Also, of course, tons of stuff from the Ad Council. You guys in this... Tons of uh, emails and emails as you always do. Uh, first, though, let's uh, kick things off with a little commercials in the news. Commercials in the news! Maybe you could call Aaron, ask him to punch that up a little bit, add some drama <laughs> like to it. bigger? Just do it bigger. Yeah. Uh, now, you can look at the screen again, because I've, I've closed the quiz page. Do you want to kick this off with your uh, commercial in the news, or do you want me to? No, I'll kick it off. Um, this was a, co- a commercial in the news that, uh, that got a lot of news coverage, uh, so by that definition, it does qualify. As I read all of the coverage, I, I did have the thought like, wow, I think that this commercial came along at a time in American history when people were just very hungry for some something light. <laughs> something light, something positive. Something, something light. That, something, what's the opposite of soul crushing? Right, whatever that is. Um, and it's this, and it's actually very sweet. So you might have seen this coverage. It got picked up by HuffPo. It was in, I think, BuzzFeed. It was in all those kind of like, you know, bloggy, zeitgeisty types of, of publications and a lot of local uh, TV and, and radio picked it up too. It's for an animal shelter um, in Atlanta, actually, my hometown, uh, called Fur Kids Animal Rescue and Shelter. Um, it's a no kill shelter that's headquartered in Atlanta, and they produce this very, very charming, I mean, just made for virality um, ad where the they sort of do the do it in the tone and and stylings of a used car commercial and with the lowest possible production values. I mean, low. We did that one about that mall that was claimed to be right. like the worst commercial in the world where people, it was just like... Boots and pants and boots <laughs> right. and pants. Exactly. Uh, and that had a little bit of like, we went back and forth about how much Ta-da. that was a little bit knowing. Um, this is definitely knowing, but it it makes that commercial seem like... 
seem like a high budget thriller. Sort of. This this is low production values to the point to the extent that instead of one of those guys who's like a tube of air that blows and dances, mm-hmm. my they, favorite part of this commercial, they have a person dressed up in like a blue sweater doing it. Yes, um, and dancing that. She but, just takes her sweater, she pulls it over her head a little bit while the while this guy is pretending to be like a used car salesman outside the building talking about the the cats inside. You just see this woman flail like a sweater pulled over her head and over her hands, just flailing her arms in the air. But in contradiction or con- uh, contrary to that that uh, mall commercial that was. So bad it was funny. This is actually funny on its own terms. Yeah. To the everlasting and total credit of the spokesman himself. Who is not um, – he's not really associated with the um, with the shelter, right? He's just a, a local guy who somebody knew. His name is uh, Paul Preston, That's I guess. right. Uh, yeah, I think he was just sort of a friend of the shelter. He may have – it's uh, it's in here somewhere. Uh, his, sister volunt- his sister is a volunteer with the shelter uh, and just thought her brother would be, um, as the HuffPo puts it, possum. He's a, uh, a rental property management uh, contractor. but uh, He's got a little bit of a – he gives me sort of a – uh, Better Call Saul vibe. Uh, yeah, I could see that. And of course, this is kind of in the that low-budget style. Right. But, uh, let's play a little bit of it. This is made it's for long. TV. It's, I'm sorry, it's made for the web. It's not made for TV, so it's a whole three-minute thing. It does end with like kind of a a goofy, let's say, cover slash parody of the um, Sarah McLaughlin song mm-hmm. that plays during the the other ads. We're not going to get that far into it. Just give you a taste of it here. Some of this stuff is is kind of visual. It begins with a woman uh, just looking sadly into her fishbowl. But in this, they couldn't even afford a real fishbowl. It's just a clear container, and somebody drew a water line on it with a magic marker and drew a, a fish with a frowny face. And the woman just is looking longingly. Not longingly, just sadly. Morosely. Morosely into the tank. Has your goldfish lost its novelty? Do potted plants not excite you like they used to? Then come on down to Fur Kids Furry Animal Emporium. We've got everything you could possibly want in a furry life companion. Come see our fine selection of quality cats. If you like black cats, we got the blackest cats you've ever seen. It's like midnight inside a coffin over here. If you like sleeping <laughs> That's kitties, a good we line. got the sleepiest kitties you've ever seen. You can hear often, like, somebody's just filming this on her phone or maybe a handheld camera, but you can just hear her laughing like a home video. Yeah. You don't like tails? No problem. Get a cat without one. All of our cats are self-cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. 2016 models are compatible with Windows. So how long have you been waiting to get adopted? like hungry cats? We got some of the hungriest cats you've ever seen. Seriously, we can't get them to stop eating. How are you so small? You never stop eating, fatty. Anyway, I think it gets pretty, uh, pretty uh, visual from there. But yeah, uh, pretty, pretty charming. And this sort of was making the rounds. What a couple of weeks ago? I oh, don't no, just last week, January 9th, This one is from. So um, I think it was a little bit before that. Um, but yeah, so early, early part of January during the dark days of of January. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I remember that being. I actually hadn't watched that since I put it. Since I had made a note to put it in our show sheet, and so I was sort of remembering it as better, as more funny. Um, it's actually not that great. I think it really was sort of, we were in a national funk and, uh, just needed a little bit of a pick me up because it's got way more coverage than it really than deserved. It warranted. Yeah. Watch, I watched it today for the very first time. I didn't really pick up on any of the buzz when it was buzzy. So I was like, ah, it's, it's fine. It's cute. Um, 
again, my favorite part, hands down, is the woman pretending to be one of those windsock people. Um, I just had a quick follow-up. This will be my contribution to commercials in the news. I had a uh, follow-up to the John Hamm H&R Block commercial that we were talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. I will once again ask you, do you he remember? He touched all the donuts. Yeah, I think that was sent in by an ad counselor. Oh, it was when we were trying to figure, we were playing um, commercial court. Right. We were trying to give a ruling because somebody was like, I don't know if I like this or not. Um, and there's a lot of discussion on the Facebook page. That was the commercial where John Hamm is clearly kind of on a set. He's a big star. Then he comes up to the um, craft services table where a woman has a bunch of donuts set out, and he's trying to teach her some lesson about why she needs to do her taxes better by using H&R Block, and he's just basically touching all the donuts, not really making a point with them. Um, and people were like, well, he's kind of being a jerk in this ad. It's kind of funny, but he's kind of a jerk. Like, what, what's the point? How should we feel about that ad? Well, since then, I've started to see some other ones on TV, and then I poked around online. There's tons. They released really? their second batch of these ads. So you haven't – have you seen any others yet? You've only seen that one? I feel like maybe I kind of caught the tail end of one as I was walking through the living room, but no, I, I haven't really seen any of the other ones. Well, let me start with this one um, before I get into a little bit more backstory on it. There's a heck of a lot of them. This is the – Next one I saw on TV that got me running to uh, iSpot.tv where we look at all of our commercials. Is he sending up Clooney here, like in general? Uh, that's like, a good he, he appears in a tuxedo in the first one. Here he's dressed as Caesar, which Clooney right. just did a movie where he says dressed as Caesar the whole movie. Well, and, let's come back to that when you see some more of these. Okay. I don't think so. I think that's a coincidence. Um in this one, he is uh, on a movie set, like you say, Veeves. He's dressed up like Caesar, and he's up on a balcony. And uh, and we know he's on a set. that You can even see like the, the cameraman below and stuff and, and the director. And he's supposed to deliver his line, but instead he walks out on the balcony and starts talking about H&R Block. Action! H&R Block will file your 1040EZ for free. Hey, uh, you know that's not your line, right? That said... I kind of nailed it. The line is actually Rome, my city. Ah, right. H&R Block will file your 1040 EZ for free. <laughs> he just punches up the end. What is going on with this guy? Let's just go to lunch. Lunch? You don't need to announce it. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Don't just get your taxes. Okay, no. so in that one, he is a buffoonish character who's still pretty... Which I think he is in all of them. Yeah, he is. He's high on his own supply in this one, but I find it more charming because he's... He's straight up kind of dumb in this one. He's got the H&R Block information he's getting out there, but he's really kind of like buffoonish, and the joke is definitely on him. Let me ask you something about that. Yeah. What's H&R's strategy here? I feel this is one where I'm going to say something that I say all the time, and I'm going to get T-shirts printed up um, for our next live event. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. We don't do those. Um, the joke is the the the... the Matt, like the marketing is subservient to the joke. The pitch is subservient to the joke. Like they got, they have John Hamm. He's a comedic. He's a really good comedic actor, uh, despite what he's most mm-hmm. famous for. And he's very famous. And they have a lot of they have a lot of production money here. And they have a central joke, which is he is sort of neglecting his professional duty as an actor to to hawk H and R's products. But how is him being a buffoon 
a good statement or a good argument for using their product. I'm glad you asked because Adweek actually did an interview with Kathy Collins, who's the um, chief marketing officer for H&R Block, and asking questions about the motivation. And you would think a sit-down with her would answer those questions. It does not. Let me read you directly from this. Adweek did you go to the Kellyanne Conway School well, of Interview Giving? <laughs> She says, well, he's in, uh, he gives alternative facts to the competition. I will say one thing, Vives. The main point of this campaign, just leave out the John Hamm thing. This doesn't answer your question. But the main point of this campaign, as you'll see as I play more of these, is number one, setting them up apart from their competition, from these other online services, right. um, which that doesn't answer why John Hamm. Pardon me, why John Hamm? Uh, but okay, so Adweek asks her, how is H&R Block positioning itself against its competitors? And she says, we've had a rough tax season. We had a rough tax season last year, and we knew we had to do something bold. We had never called out any competitor by name before, but TurboTax had such a great season, we did not. So they're calling out TurboTax in some right. of these. Um, she says, 60% of people want to help with their taxes, want help with their taxes. So we're emphasizing our expertise. So, okay, so let's come back down to John Hamm as a spokesperson. Why did you choose John Hamm? She says, because he had range. He had his crap cracking up on set, and in the next set of ads, you're going to see a more dynamic and serious tone. Dramatic and serious tone. Oh, sorry, dramatic and serious. So that sounds awful to me. Uh, He he can pull it all off. Um, Also, she says there's a Missouri connection. H&R Block is headquartered in Kansas City, and John Hamm is from St. Louis, so he liked the brand, etc. Who cares? None of that answers the question of why this should work on a national stage. It really sounds to me like, hey, I think we can get John Hamm. Let's get John Hamm. He's a local son. It's obvious. So let's just um, come back to uh to some more of these uh sorry i almost showed you my quiz there let's come back to a few more of these ads flash your quiz at me I, I have some other things to say here's one where again it's clear they're on a movie set and um but now they're taking a lunch break and john ham you can see it's kind of a nicer set right it's like a bunch of people you can you can tell they're at work but it's a bunch of like nice tables and everything everybody's on break and eating white tablecloths and everything John Hamm is eating with somebody else who is, uh, I guess, an, an extra or a co-actor on, on the movie with him. Um, and this person is dressed up like a zombie because they're clearly taping a zombie film. Okay. So now, this isn't all from the same movie, I guess. No. Like, in so one, like, he's in a tuxedo, tuxedo movie. The other one I is, love tuxedo movies. Yeah. The one he's a, maybe, let's say, a spy movie. A the gentleman one a, spy. The other one is, uh, is like the Roman one. Now, this one is called Zombie. Here's what I guess I'll just tell you what I'm looking for here. I just feel like his tone is so much different in this one. I think he's very likable in this. He's got a lot of range. Yeah. Hey, here's an idea. What if instead of waiting weeks for your tax refund, you could get an advance on that refund? An advance on my tax refund? I could really use that. So it's funny because she's, you know, talking like any decent actor in a commercial, only she's totally zombied out. He's not dressed like a zombie. What would you do with that money? I'd love to take a tropical holiday. I'd be careful with your skin tone. (laughs) <laughs> no, I get it. Because mm-hmm. I'm okay. a zombie. I get it. Yeah, that's funny. All my undead, we are back. Oh, I'll see you out there. See you there. And don't take it personally. He picks up a big pickaxe and waves it there and says, "Don't take it personally." You could get a refund advance. So that one here, we have. He's on the set, and I'm this like, "This is baffling." Why not have this John Ham do? Like his character is switching he's all affable, over the place. He's affable, friendly, he's, exactly. He's, he's chatting with an extra, which I mean, I call bullshit. But you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, that John Hamm can sell me something. This moronic guy who can't get his line right because 
reasons, you know, standing on the balcony right. as Caesar is absurd. I feel like we've seen three different ones so far. Well, so, the, the donut, donut John Ham and Caesar John Ham seem to me to be roughly the same. They're similar. Guy. They're similar. Although the Caesar one, I think, is a little bit less. He's kind of in his own world and he's confident, but he's not as kind of belittling. And he's not acting as kind of uh, entitled, I think, uh, as he is in the donut one. Now watch this one. This one, he's creeping around. In a, I'm not going to play them all. This will be the last one. He's uh, like creeping around. The scene is like he's in the woods. It's like maybe an X-Files type of scene. He's dressed in a, like a gray suit. Um, but he's only in the woods for a second. Then suddenly he runs off camera. He runs off the, off the stage and he comes over to where the directors and producers are sitting at a table because he notices one is doing his taxes. I think this is the one I walked in on. Oh, okay. Are you seriously doing your taxes? With TurboTax? Uh, yeah, it's free to file. No, it isn't. Not if you itemize your deductions. Unlike TurboTax, H&R Block More Zero lets you file for free online even if you itemize deductions. Why do you know that? Why do you not know that? Also, does anyone know if that smoke is toxic? I just feel really itchy. Oh, yeah. Could you? H&R Block More Zero. Let's and then the guy, like the, the people who work for him start scratching his back, the, the producers or whatever. Um, but he's like, how do you not know that? Like suddenly he's like dressing them down and kind of like talking like they're an idiot. It's as if they've one. cast the same person to play four actual different people. Right? That's what Which I'm saying. Which is not, that's nonsensical in a campaign starring a very well-known actor. And there's other ones, too, that where I feel like it's still the tone is a little bit off. Sometimes he's more haughty than others, and sometimes he's more friendly. So I think that, I can't remember where we landed on that with commercial court, but having a little bit more context. I think we ended up give it, calling it guilty because we didn't feel like it did a good enough job. Yeah, well, certainly I think... <laughs> Now having the more context, that's a bad ad campaign. They're yeah. re- and they're really squandering him. Like, he's yes. good. Um, no, I don't he, think that John Hamm is the problem. No. It's the way he's being directed is the problem. Absolutely. They need to come up with some sort of consistent character for him. And if it's a buffoonish character, that can work. Mm-hmm. Although I think they need to think through a little bit more, like, what the narrative is. If he's a buffoon, why, is it, why should we listen to him? Or if he's the sort of working if he's this actor who's affable and he's like he he's he's a good working actor but he just he's he loves h&r block so much that he can't stop talking about it you know in between sets in between scenes and things then there's a way to do that too and he can definitely carry that off but i just think that it's again like somebody wrote a bunch of jokes and we got to have all the jokes right i completely agree but most importantly it's time to move on to our quiz all right i'm carefully placing my privacy shield, which is a.k.a. a dish towel, okay. over my screen so I cannot see what you're seeing. It just occurred to me. I, spent, I seriously spent hours preparing this quiz today. I did everything except find some quiz music for it. So uh, let me see here. <laughs> I think I can just maybe recycle some quiz music from my computer. How, does, how is this? I've used this before. I think this is from the match. Sort of like game showy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was actually from a game called The, the Match Game oh, back okay. in the day. Uh, so, okay, good. I thought maybe I'd have to stop down and add some music here, but not when you're janky like us. So, okay, let's get ready uh, for this quiz. You can't, Stopping you can't down see. and editing is for people who don't record on the day of publishing. <laughs> That's right. And who don't want to just go watch old Game of Thrones episodes when they're done here. <laughs> I'm basically just powering through all of my days now until I can get back to rewatching Game of Thrones. Not even watching for the first time, just rewatching. All right, so... 
You have to tell me, Veeves. I'm going to give you a, a catchphrase or a phrase. Okay. You're going to have to tell me, is this a slogan for a chocolate ad, or is it a sexy, sexy R&B jam? All right. I'm two, excited. Two, How many of them are there? A, a whole bunch. All Basically, right. I think there's way too many. We're going to keep going. Get comfortable, until, everybody. Well, I think that I think you should just tell me when you think it's run its course. All right. Because otherwise, we'll go on forever. Or it'll be really fun, and we'll do them all. I think I've got like 11 or 12 here, maybe 10. Um... Small caveats. I just think I should. I don't want you to tell me this was unfair later. So, and I know that that's how you roll. So, yeah. let me just say, uh, it is chocolate. The quizzes ad. were quizzes were very unfair. Sad. <laughs> Sad. This um, biased and rigged. This almost, quiz is biased and rigged. Almost all of these slogans appear in commercials, except for one that was a really good slogan, but it only appeared in an ad, a print ad. So we'll get to that. But I just wanted to let you know that you can't be like, oh, it wasn't in a commercial. Okay, it's that's how you talk, by the so way. So unless I happen to get get, get that episode or get that issue of uh, Ladies Gourmet. Home Journal, yeah, right. Um, and I was going to name it or '90s R&B Jam, but one of these songs is from 2002. That's why it has to be sexy, sexy R&B jam and not a 90s jam. I feel like this would have been a better uh, thing to do in our Valentine's I know. Like, uh, first of all, it's pronounced Valentine's. Um, <laughs> and I know I, I was going to say that, too. Like, this would have been a really good Valentine's. But once I had the idea and started working on it, I was like, I can't hold this. Like, we need we need to do this. I I hope the you enjoy this as much as I The world must see my glory. That's right. Actually, I am. Since uh, there are some musical cues in here, maybe I'll lose the game show music for now. Um, Genevieve, your first phrase. It's so good. Is that a slogan for a chocolate? Or is it a sexy, sexy R&B jam? I think that it is chocolate. It's so good. It's so good. Let's go to the tape. Or is it a is it a song by Silk off the album Silk? I guess to be fair, I would have also guessed that somewhere in the annals of R and B, someone says it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I think. But no chocolate says that. Well, not that I could find right. in this particular case. This is from. Uh, by the way, the album Silk, which was the second by the artist Silk, was released the day after my birthday in 1995. The album peaked at 46 on the Billboard 200. I legitimately dislike uh, R&B. I know, and about a big thing so either. I'm going to be about as good at this game as I am <laughs> at guessing whether something was by Nickelback, Creed, oh, or right. Puddle of Mud, which is a game that we've played on Grapes of Rad. I would never be able to. Yeah, Although I did I have some sort of weird savant-like ability to magically win it the last time we played. Okay, next uh, next phrase. Is this a chocolate slogan or a sexy, sexy R&B jam? Roses grow on you. God, I hope that's R&B. Roses grow on you. Let's go to the tape. When do roses start growing? <laughs> God, I'm going to be terrible. When you this. open the box and find they're all covered with chocolate. Oh, chocolate. Hazelnut well, chocolate. Oh. Strawberry cream, chocolate. Oh. Fabulous fudge, chocolate. Oh. All the flavors. May I stop this and explain to you what's yes, going on what's right happening? here? This is an ad 
For Cadbury Chocolate Roses from the 1960s, the voice you hear is from a comedian who was like a British comedian back then uh, named Norman Vaughn. He's sitting – I'm actually stealing this description from wherever I found this ad. Uh, he's sitting in a chair. He takes a chocolate from a box of chocolate roses on the table. As he talks about the various flavors, roses appear on his suit. They start popping up on his suit. He, he keeps going pop as these roses appear. At the end, he gives a thumbs up, and a rose appears on his thumb. Let's finish it off. It's a covered in chocolate and not just any old chocolate. Cadbury's chocolate. You just can't help roses growing on you. Because that's what they do. They grow on you. So um, that is – so, you know, the, the play on words there is these are going to grow on you, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. So that's that. So you are uh, 0 for 2 right now, right? Yes. Nobody's keeping score. I'm just going to keep score here. Okay. <laughs> uh, next one. Moments of timeless pleasure. Moments of timeless pleasure. Is that a slogan for a chocolate? Or a sexy, sexy jam? Um, I'm going to guess chocolate. You're going to say that that is for chocolate. Let's go to the tape. Me and you, a little rendezvous. Now, this is music, but it doesn't sound like an R&B jam to me. Carry you through that little reward for all the things you do. Luscious, creamy filling combined with our slow-melting chocolate. The one and only Ghirardelli Squares Chocolate for all the things you do. Ghirardelli. Moments of timeless pleasure. There it is. Now with sea salt. It sounded vaguely familiar to me. Yeah, so uh, Ghirardelli, uh, Chocolate Squares. uh, I'm just, if if it sounds even remotely familiar to me, I'm going, I'm assuming it's chocolate because it's the only one I would have any experience with. And I will be on it, not that I should tell you this, but I didn't pick any like popular R&B songs. I was scared that you would recognize them. I will describe this ad to you. It was a woman who you don't even really kind of see what her situation is. You get a, a vague sense that she's probably at work or something, but she could have been at home. You just see her. It's like exactly what you think that kind of like almost Vaseline lens kind of like thing. You see her, you see a woman's hand open a drawer. Like she's just got this one little thing that she's been waiting for all day. And she, it's a, a Ghirardelli square and she opens oh, yeah. it up and seductively eats it. Then we do see at the end that she is, she's like an architect or something. She's got this beautiful goddamn office that overlooks the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Her life is fulfilling in every way, but like it's just, it's hollow and empty until she gets a piece of chocolate. <laughs> the, I mean, chocolate really, chocolate ads just almost uniformly behave as if, um, Women are incapable of sexual climax unless they've had, you know, unless they can get to that chocolate at the end of the day. Well, that was the premise behind this. That's why I kind of, compa- you know, connected these two things in my head, the, the yeah, R and the no, B and the it's, but it's apt. In this one, I mean, it's a little sultry as she, you know, the close-up of her lips as she bites into it. But I will give them credit. Like, she's a working woman who seems to be killing it, if you could see this office she has. And it's, I think the message here is less like have an orgasm in the middle of the day, but like... You're working, but you just need a little bit of me time. This is your moment of me time where you get to like work to have that that chocolate. Um, okay, next one. Uh, dare- I'd, r- I'd rather take a Diet Coke break. Yeah. Dare to – I'd rather just take a sex break. That's what I usually <laughs> do. Uh, <laughs> dare to be tender. Dare to be tender. Okay. That's – I don't recognize it, so I'm guessing R&B. R&B. It's actually Genevieve an ad for a uh, a, sw- uh, a Swiss chocolate called Milka. 
Oh, I know. And I've heard of Milka. Have you heard of Milka? Is this the is this the magazine one? What do you mean? Like you said, there was one that was just print. No, no. I'm going to play it for you. I just wanted to set it up a little bit because this is it's it's a hard campaign to explain. Uh, but they rolled out this whole dare to be tender campaign um, that involves a purple cow, and it's not even about tender like romantic love. It's about it's a whole campaign. Based around chocolate, that's be good to each other mm-hmm. and be tender towards each other. Is it was it maybe mainly for a European audience? I feel like yes. that's a phrasing that would be a little weird to Americans. Yeah, I don't think these aired in the United States. I've never even seen Milka on the shelves here, although who knows? Um, but uh, this this is an old brand that actually started in 1825 in Switzerland, and this I think is the the ad that kind of sets up the campaign. You see a town. And there's a lot of voiceover here, and you see a bunch of different people in the town kind of acting appropriately to the voiceover. There was once a town where tenderness levels were running low. When a lilac cow appeared. Purple cow. Soon, hugging in public tripled. Serenading increased by 77%. And the Martinson twins spoke again after 50 years. For such was the tender power of Milka Alpine Milk Chocolate. Milka, dare to be tender. So there it is. Dare to be tender. I think it's an odd campaign for I chocolate. I do. I'm trying to figure out, like... I mean, chocolate basically sells itself. Yeah. But it seems like they're going awfully far from what you want to know about chocolate, which is kind of like what it looks like. And is it creamy? And, like, you just want these very, like, sort of... Um, I mean, I understand why it's a sensual, why the why it's often connected to a sensual experience, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like connecting it to sort of like almost like a like a do gooder campaign feels to me seems like a weird connection, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little a little convoluted. I should have looked more into why they decided to go in that direction because it was it was Switzerland. Yeah, and they have like I, I even came that across sounds like some, some Northern European bullshit. They had like they posted that you know it was almost like a less like a commercial, more like just like kind of a a PR video, kind of explaining the campaign that I I saw part of, but not enough to really dig down on here. So okay, so let's see. That was how many that you got that one wrong got right that so one that wrong. Was one, i think two, i think i'm three, one for four. four okay yeah good i've been keeping good track okay one for four or one for five you're one for you're one for four okay uh how about this relax your mind relax your mind is that is that a chocolate slogan Vives, or is that a sexy sexy r&b song I don't recognize it so i'm going to go with my rule which has so far been terrible uh and say r&b Relax your mind, R and B. All right, this sounds like R and B. You don't know, it could just be. A, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Give me a moment. Come on. Two thousand two, Boys to Men, featuring Faith Evans. Relax your mind. The album was full circle. Alright, there you go, Vives. Congratulations. Alright. I'm gonna give you a point for that one. Two for five now you are. Okay. 
All right. Uh, the next one. Lose yourself in the dark. Uh, well, it's not lose yourself in the moment, which I know is Eminem. <laughs> Don't miss your chance to blow. Yeah. <laughs> this opportunity. That's, that's the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss your chance to blow. <laughs> sexy, sexy R and B song. Or All right, I'm going to say chocolate, and I'm pretty sure that this is um, for some like if it's I don't know if it's Hershey's Special Darks or one of those one 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 chocolate brand that is like advertising a specific dark chocolate. You are absolutely right. I do not have any audio for I this I do one. love a Hershey's Special Dark, by the way. I am going to give you a bell for that. Uh, this is the one that was print only. And yes, I got the message. You'll, I'll give you some special dark chocolate for Valentine's Day, yeah. which just in time for this quiz, three weeks away. That'll be good. I'll just be back from Costa Rica, so my diet won't matter anymore. Chocolate town. Uh, this was a 2006... Again, Ghirardelli Chocolate. They had a new ad agency, and this was actually the debut campaign from their new ad agency, Campbell Ewald, or Ewald, um, in 2006. And it was also introducing Ghirardelli's first dark, dark chocolate line. Sorry, I don't know why I can't speak. It's all the Crystal Pepsi. Maybe I should drink... I thought that was going to end in a different word. <laughs> Crystal. Uh, maybe I should be drinking beer like you. You're not slurring your words. I am. Uh, the uh, print ads... I need this beer just to get right. <laughs> the print ads uh, were described this way in Ad Week. Uh, it shows a woman luxuriating on her balcony against the backdrop of the Golden Gate Bridge. I love the, Again, I love the, the Golden word, Gate Bridge. I love the word luxuriating. I know. Have you, you ever luxu- luxuriated? You can lux- I've lu- well, you can luxuriate in a bath. That, yeah. I think you're almost by definition... What defin- about the spa? You went to a spa recently. I went recently. to a spa. I got a, I got a massage. Did I would lux- say I was yeah. luxuriating in the spa. Okay. Weird story. The person who was giving me the massage, which, you know, you do naked, um, I, after, the, after the massage, I was like, he looks so familiar. Do you live... And I named our street. And she's like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, yeah, we live in the same house. Yeah, she, she can probably overhear us she can right probably now. Hear she me lives right now. below us. Yeah. I forgot about the naked. I couldn't figure out... Yeah, that is awkward that you didn't mention that yesterday. I guess that is kind of a... But anyway... That adds to it. Anyway. Side, uh, sidebar. So she's luxuriating against the but, backdrop but I, of the like, Golden l- Gate Bridge. When you're luxuriating on a balcony, what are you doing? Just like rubbing yourself on the like, you know, the, the railing? If you type in on your other computer, lose yourself in the dark, you will see an image for this. Uh, it's like a nightscape. Here's what I want to get at, though. Subtly embedded in a window reflection is a neon sign that says Ghirardelli Factory. That's it. All right. Uh, so lose yourself in the dark. You got that one right, right? Yes. So is that the sixth one or the f- uh, the fifth one? That was the. I think that's three and three now, right? All right, I'm catching up. I think so. If I'm doing this right, okay. Uh, can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Can't get enough of that chocolate, or can't get enough of that sweet, sweet, sexy R and B. Can't get enough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't recognize it as chocolate, so I'm gonna guess R and B. I don't like that you're gaming the system here. Well, I have to have a I have to have a strategy. This song is, is this super really? sexy. Okay, by the but way. is this really R and B? It's Montel Jordan. Oh, okay, it sounded a little. It's like a little more hip hop. Yeah, kind of a hip hop. This gets dirty. Yeah. 
Meow, right? Meow, yeah. Um, all right. Congratulations, Vives. I guess I got to give you another point. I don't want you to be so good at this. I think we're giving like really good ideas to chocolate makers, though. Yeah. It's so good. Can't get enough. Hey, I'll sell this list. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Another one here. Um, let me have it all. Let me have it all. Like, that would be hilarious as a chocolate slogan. So you think it's not a chocolate slogan? You think it's not a chocolate slogan? Um, no, I'm going to say it is a chocolate slogan. You're going to say it is a chocolate slogan. Yeah. Should have gone with your original. Uh, <laughs> you fooled me with your with tone. With my tone of voice. All right. So this is now... So I lost this one. So it's four... four or three to four. Uh, you got five. Um, you lost four. We've gone through nine of these so far, right? Okay. Or did I count that other one twice? I've totally lost track. Who cares? Uh, why don't we do uh, one more? What if I do... What it, hold on, then. i got to choose one of these. By the way, I should mention that Let Me Have It All is Color Me Bad, 1993. Um, disappointing second effort debut after their huge first Disappointing album. sophomore effort. Um, and this is also an awful song. I don't like people screaming, let me have it all, in, in that voice when I'm no. trying to get sexy R&B time. Um, let me see here. I want to just play. Here, well, let, right. let me how just many, go through quickly. Th- left? A few more. Let me just go all through right. quickly through these. Uh, more than a mouthful. Uh, more than a mouthful. Okay, chocolate. You're going to say that's chocolate? Let's take a listen. Remember this? Yes. Wait for it. Wait, hold on. Sorry, we had to get to the catchphrase more than a mouthful. I feel like like a candy bar is different from chocolate. Okay. Like chocolates are, it's, you, it you know, right. it's Dove, it's uh, Ghirardelli, it's, But I thought it was you good. Know, you got it right. Lint. Why, you, you want me to take the point away from you? No. Okay, how about see you after eight? Aren't there, a, isn't there a kind of mint called after eight mints? I wouldn't know. So chocolate. You're going to say that it's chocolate, huh? Let's go to the tape. certainly jazzy. Yeah, it is. See you after eight. Yeah. Uh, after eight is a chocolate after dinner mint uh, started in the UK, debuted in 1962. Now they're sort manufactured of like a flat, by Nestle. They're like a flat uh, uh, York peppermint patty, right? Yeah. They're delicious. Exactly. What happened in that commercial? A man and a woman in fancy dress are um, standing in the rain and they're looking at it and they're both very grumpy waiting for a car. And they're looking at his watch, and then as soon as his watch strikes 8 o'clock, their car pulls up, and then as they get into their car, it's not a car inside. It is a swing and party, man. And uh, and then everybody is just super uh, dressed nicely and uh, having a great time. Um, okay, I think this is my last one. And the reason I kind of – I know I told you to pull the plug on this, and then I ignored you when you tried to. But this is one um, – well, let me give it to you first, and then and then I'll tell you why I wanted to get to this one. If it's the if flavor... the answer if, if the answer is let me give it to you first, I'm going to say R. <laughs> let me give it to you first. 
The flavor of passion. Oh God. We never got the we never got the the magazine ad, which has gotta be chocolate. No, no, we did. The print one was her luxuriating. Oh, right, right. Um, look, uh, the, the flavor, flavor of passion. passion. Ugh. Well, I'm going to say R&B. You're going to say R&B? I'm going to have to use my buzzer on that one, but I need you to take off your, um, uh, what did you call your privacy, se- shield? your privacy shield? Because I need you to watch this commercial for Lind. Is that how you say it? Lind chocolates? Lind, yeah. Lind. Uh, a woman bites into this chocolate. She's wearing kind of a, um, a sleeveless, I'm going to say, silk kind of loosely fitting, very comfortable but very uh, sexy kind of shirt. And then with the very sensual close-up of her lips, she bites into the lint chocolate. And then a man comes out of nowhere, and they just start rubbing up on each other, like mm-hmm. fully close. And he's not – if I recall, he's not even the he's, sexy. He's the chocolate personified. He is chocolate personified. Everything you were saying before about like chocolate being a substitute for an orgasm is – just nailed, for lack of a better word, in this commercial. I need you to watch this. Feel free to describe what you're seeing. So she's untwisting the little round lint truffle, taking a bite. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is. They're stroking each other. Well, it starts with what appears to be, you know. He's approaching her from behind. I mean, it's like a dance. It's like a sexy dance kind yeah but of. it's 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 filmed and shot it's shot in such a way that it's uh I, I think you know it's a it's a pretty much a simulation of sex right yeah and it's not even like there's nothing like steamy about it like they're it's both not like even, fully it's not even dressed a, it's, it's not even a, so it's not appealing weird. no uh, as chocolate or sex oh my <laughs> If it's chocolate, so, I want sex, and if it's sex, I want guilty. chocolate. <laughs> guilty. Where's the Where's the uh, hammer? Smooth as always, Walsh. All right, but I think I won, right? I, yeah, I, I stopped ke- keeping track at I one came point. Out with the majority. I actually think you have. I think all of you add up all the points here. You got more than questions we had, so we know that I'm a horrible right. uh, a judge, despite my judge's hammer. Um, but I think you only got four wrong, and I think we did ten or eleven. So congratulations, well, v, thank if you, you nailed it. I do. Def- I definitely do better when it's a fifty-fifty shot. All right, let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I feel like we used to sing along with that a lot more often. Well, you always sing along with it. I don't. I don't normally sing along with it. Anyway, uh, what's what's going on with the ad council? Are they uh, just? Are they complaining about things? Are we in their crosshairs this week? Absolutely. Um, we've got a great. We've got a great uh, piece of feedback from listener Kevin, who listened to the uh, Battle of the Spokes Critters Part Two. Oh yeah, I still have a bad taste in my mouth about that show. Why? I just felt like I talked too much. I was talking <laughs> well, a mile a minute and not being interesting. Well, Kevin uh, wanted to weigh in on the battle between the Vlasic Stork and the Aflac Duck. Aflac. And I think if I recall correctly, that was a split decision where I took the Stork. I put my money on the Stork and you put yours on the Duck. Uh, did we take notes on this? Apparently um, we yes, did no, I, not. Actually, I did. Oh, you have a, p- I have a, a sheet little of paper over there. Right yeah. here. So the, that one was, yes, uh, it was a split decision. Okay. I said the Stork and, I, and you said the Duck. Okay, don't lose that paper. I need to 
put that in the Google Doc for future. Yeah. Shows. So Kevin, uh, Kevin had a had a uh, uh, argument here. He says, um, "The stork has my vote, hands down. Yes, he's elderly, but I can see the stork being able to get into a gentlemanly bout of fisticuffs if and when he needs to. He's just the sort of old school gentleman to be able to deal an ass whooping without being rude about it." On the other hand, the whole premise of the Affleck duck is that he's uh, sorry. On the other hand, the whole premise of the Affleck duck is that he's incompetent and clumsy. The only thing he is consistently good at is saying Affleck and getting you the money you need now, getting you the best secondary coverage. Insert further insurance points here. Sure, he's tough since he's been through a lot, but I just don't think he's scrappy enough to land a punch, much less with a relatively difficult target like the stork. That's not all he does. We also know that he tweets awful jokes during times of crisis like but that's the not good that's tsunami. not helping him win no, in a I fight so i think more votes for the stork mm, I, I think that aflac duck is totally like, the aflac duck is, just starts at 11 he's always like aflac he's screaming he, especially in that debut commercial we played yeah he's screaming how is that helping him win a fight it just shows that he's got fire in the belly genevieve uh this week so another you know what why don't you and kevin just get married <laughs> Uh, Kevin, thanks for having my back on that. Um, this is from listener Chris, also uh, in reference to the Spokes Critter jo- uh, store. Uh, sorry, in reference to the Spokes Critter uh, show. Um, and we for, we had talked about the Michelin Man in that episode, and you talked a little bit about the history of this yeah. sort of what started out as just like a a riff on an existing French poster for beer. Yeah. Um. And we were wondering why the tires were originally white and why the Michelin man yeah, had why is, yeah. a, white, a white stack of tires. Uh, and this is actually something Chris posted on the Facebook page with a really uh, great picture illustrating his point. Um, concerning early drawings of the Michelin man, this is from Wikipedia, early automobile tires were made of pure natural rubber with various chemicals mixed into the tread compounds to make them wear better. The best of these was zinc oxide, a pure white substance that increased traction and also made the entire tire white. And I used to put zinc, zinc oxide, oxide, like like a cream form of it, on my like nose and face in the uh, summer when I was a kid. It was like it's like a hundred percent sunblock. Okay, yeah, I've heard about people putting zinc on their nose. I thought yeah. like kind of back in the day. I don't think people do that really anymore. You don't really see it anymore because sunscreens are so much better now. But this, like when I was a little kid, they just didn't make like you know. 80 SPF or whatever mm. it is now. My mom used to rub mercury on our faces before we'd go outside. That's safe. Yeah. I'm fine. Aflac! Um, going back in time a little bit, this is from listener Levi. I just listened to the Hasbins episode. Uh, I know this was a side comment, but I totally remember seeing a print ad for a Sinbad genie movie, probably in the early to mm. mid-90s, like maybe in TV Guide or something. And I've always been pretty clear on the difference between Sinbad and Shaq. I don't think our history has been tampered with, but this is definitely weird. So to recap for folks, um, we had mentioned in our episode that where we talked about kind of has been celebrities doing ads that Sinbad, and I don't even remember, oh, because I guess we were looking at an uh, an ad that Shaq had done, that there's now this um, this Reddit, subreddit about alternative, like there's, there's this idea that there are certain memories that a lot of people have that there's no evidence of in the history books. And one of the most famous one is this Berenstein Bears uh, spelling. Like a lot of people, including yeah, me, like Berenstain. remember it as being Berenstein. But in fact, when you look at the books, it's Berenstain, which is just it's obviously like it's an easy kind of 
mistake for your brain to make because Miss Berenstain's not a well as well yeah. known as a, a spelling. And if you're a kid and everybody is saying Berenstain, yeah. you're not like looking really closely at the cover of exactly. the book. Exactly. Yeah. But then there's this other one that is a little bit more weird, I guess, which is that there is a movie starring Sinbad called Shazam about him as a genie. And that movie, there's no evidence of it, and Sinbad said he was never in it. And then there was another movie that definitely did exist called Kazam, starring Shaquille O'Neal as a genie. Yes. That obviously is probably what people are remembering. But like our friend Chris here, or I'm sorry, like our friend Levi here, um, people really believe that they have this memory, this strong memory of a movie called Shazam, starring Sinbad. Yeah, I I mean, I think that... uh, Levi is just falling into the trap. I mean, I, I he doesn't prove it. No, no offense, Levi. Thanks for listening. But like, if you were to say, "Look, I ha- here is this," yeah, because all the other proof, all the proof exists in the other timeline. <laughs> You're just saying, I swear, I remember it. So, wouldn't you like to live in a world where there was a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad and Hillary Clinton as president? Uh yeah. Um sorry, I can't can <laughs> I just ca- get just through to put one a cap podcast? on that. I, just can't. I am looking at Snopes here cuz I want to see what they had to say about this whole Sinbad thing and it's undisputed that like this did not exist, but some people did photoshop together a fake VHS yeah. and tr- pretended did you already know this to No, I didn't know about the fake VHS photoshopping, but it's clearly a photoshop job. The genie in the above But it must be making people image, crazy. Yeah, features the chest and arms of WWE wrestler Chavo Guerrero, Guerrero, with Sinbad's face digitally added to the scene. So yeah, it's just a it's a Photoshop job. Um, but yeah, I saw Sinbad. It was actually kind of charming. Sinbad was tweeting with I can't remember what comedian it was, and the comedian I think it was Patton Oswalt. And the comedian Patton Oswalt was making a joke at the expense of either Donald Trump or maybe Spicer or somebody, you know, working with the Trump administration. administration, And he threw in something about Sinbad as a a joke. I think it was like part of the alternative facts thing or something. Mm -hmm. And Sinbad kind of jumped down his throat. And I thought, uh, I I don't know, I just ended up going back and looking at the whole thread. And it was this kind of funny thing where Patton made a joke and then Sinbad's like just kind of reacted overly harshly to it and kind of missed who the joke was on. And then Patton was like, no, 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 I'm a fan, man. I was just kidding. It was a joke about this. And then they were going back and forth, and Sinbad was just kind of like, I'm sorry, man. I've just been dealing with this genie yeah, shit. It's kind of blowing and up I his world. I just can't, like... Because I, 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 just... I think the joke that Oswald made was, you know, Sean Spicer saying alternative facts. Like, they, there was a whole meme where, like, yeah. they would say just lies, just untrue things, and attribute them to Sean Spicer as a quote, hashtag but alternative fact. But this was fact. before the Spicer thing. I kind of oh, spoke there a little bit. Oh, I thought, because yeah. I, I did see somebody tweet, um, you know, Sean Spicer says, the, there was a movie starring Sinbad called Shazam, hashtag alternative facts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was, I said that, it was that type of thing. Oh, here, let's take a look. Pat Oswalt, uh, dude, I'm kidding around. Um, yeah, Sinbad tweeted at him, so Patty, what did you get this, where'd you get this bull crap or something like that? But anyway, yeah, this was back from, um, January 13th. Maybe. Oh, so that's, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, I, I kind of went down a hole there. My only point of that was kind of like, I did sort of find it charming. People are always, 
lashing out, sort of, and Sinbad kind of lashed out here, and he's like, bro, I'm only joking, and they were kind of like, oh, yeah, I actually liked you in this thing, and and Sinbad just in this very real moment was like, I'm sorry, I'm just dealing with this fucking genie shit, <laughs> and, like, it just kind of got me out of my head a little bit, which is kind of true, like, he's like... Yeah. I don't know why he feels the need to, but he must just be going through his life feeling like a he's in a Papa Mole game trying to like. I guess, but these. like it's it's taken on a life of its own. I mean, I guess if people are constantly tweeting at you a thing that you like don't want to talk about anymore, that would be annoying. I always feel like, well, if you're a celebrity whose Twitter has gotten annoying, like there's a real easy solution to that, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, last piece of listener feedback. Uh, this is from listener Max who says, I don't know if you've seen this ad, but I've been seeing it a lot lately and it drives me nuts. It's a company highlighting a pricing scheme that they came up with that's problematic and now they're, quote, fixing it as if they're writing some injustice. Except it's an injustice that they created. Um, and I thought you might be infuriated by the hypocrisy here. So this is for Domino's and I want you to play this ad and then I want to talk about it a little bit. And I've definitely seen this ad quite a bit. Okay, here we go. These pizzas are the same, but depending on the day of the week, they aren't yes. the same price. That's not right, so we're fixing it. Now right. you can carry out large three-topping Domino's pizzas for $7.99 every day of the week. Yes. Thank you, Max. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I've, I've seen that a million times. And I'm not well, even we saying, really touched a nerve here, Max. And I'm not saying that... They could have done this better with just a little bit of different yes. language. They could have just said, we've been doing this for a while, there but are, now we want to bring you the deals every day of I, the week. I Instead, a, they say, that's not right. I have a number of things I want to talk about. Okay, sorry. Ray, Domino's, to. and their pricing scheme. So what you're hearing there, if you haven't seen it, is they show two identical pizzas coming out of the oven, and over one it says twelve ninety nine, and over the other it says seven ninety nine. and then they say, you know what you heard, that's not right, now they're all going to be seven ninety nine. First of all, there's a perfectly good reason why a pizza would cost $12.99 at certain times or days and $7.99 at other times. It's the same reason a matinee movie ticket is cheaper. It's the same reason pull, toll uh, mm-hmm. pricing on highways is cheaper at certain times of days. It's simple supply and demand. It is not complicated and it is not immoral. And I hate to get up on my free market soapbox, as you know, I <laughs> Easy love, love to do. But that's it's just basic economics. It's not a they aren't you aren't an immoral retailer or purveyor of goods or services if you charge according to, if if something is more expensive. It's called surge pricing. Look into it. <laughs> okay, Grover Norquist. I know, right. That's my Grover Norquist uh, uh, soapbox. However, if you like Domino's are famous for making shitty pizza and you are trying to rehabilitate your image and you're trying to s- sell more pizza, one thing you can do is lower your prices. That's called putting things on sale. They are having a sale. They are putting their more expensive pizza on mm-hmm. a sale. That is totally a legitimate thing to do. But I 100% agree with Max and with you when they are trying to present it as if like the injustice of the pizza Tribute, you know, the, the pizza laws have been unjust for too long. Like, let's change the pizza laws. Like, unfair. Unfair. Sad. Rigged. Sad. Like, you know, these were your prices that you, someone in your, uh, mark, you know, like accounting department decided would be a good price point. You clearly can't meet your, it's clearly not sustainable for you to be charging $13 for one of your pizzas. So you're lowering your price. But don't tell us about how you've somehow like solved some major injustice. 
it's stupid and like honestly nobody's better at apologizing for their crappy product than Domino's. why don't they just say like hey you know for too long we have uh we've been charging 13 dollars for our pizzas Frankly, they're not worth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we're giving you right. your like they, money back. They could do it. Like they could say, like, like um, we decided that a pizza on Sunday should cost the same as a pizza on Monday. Right. Um, so, even though it's higher demand on Sundays, like pizzas are pizza is pizza. Like, there's a way yeah. to do it without sounding. There's a like, lot of different ways you could do that. Absolutely, yeah. but there's a, there's it's just hilarious to me that they yeah like exactly like they've they create they acting like they're acting like. This is some sort of like pizza pricing scheme that's been imposed by the government, right? And now, like they're redoing the uh, the famous Mac computer commercial where they're taking their hammer and right. smashing it through the the order of things. Um, all right, I think we should probably just uh, maybe wrap up the old mailbag there. And uh, we still, though, have a, a, a lot of stuff uh, in the mailbag. Maybe are we getting close to maybe doing another um, all feedback show at some point? All maybe in a couple council, weeks. Maybe in a few weeks. Yeah, oh, okay, I think maybe so. we get when we um, af- after uh, after the the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Let's get out of here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right. So here's how you get at us. Join the Facebook group. Post in the Facebook group. It's after these messages. If you just search uh, Facebook for it, you will find it. It's a very vibrant community in there now. A lot of people posting a lot of stuff. A lot of people getting into some uh, friendly disagreements about commercials. I love it. It's I great. eat it up. It's so much fun. There's like a, there are a lot of smart, funny people who put us to shame. So go there. Um, email us at after these messages show at gmail. Call us at 607 444 I'll say it one more time for memory purposes. 607-444-5597. Talk to you guys next week. Yeah, pooping on the track. Call me Doodle Vic. Cool, cool, cool AD. Nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can't sell.